0: Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, Warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. Over the past few years, there's been a growing concern around toxic positivity, which is a phenomenon where positivity is used to minimize one's experience. And this has been exacerbated by social media, especially during the pandemic. The term toxic positivity was around before 2020, but it took the COVID-19 pandemic for many of us to begin to question the potentially negative effects The COVID-19 pandemic left many with unforeseen physical and mental health concerns. A 2022 World Health Organization study revealed a 25% uptick in anxiety and depression worldwide. Often, though, social media encouraged us to replace real negative experiences and emotions with insincere and false reassurances. As I evaluate more and more research, I'm seeing how toxic positivity has in many ways allowed for a brushing over of the real issues and challenges many people face, as well as creating blame for those who call out any real negativity, with empowerment language forced upon women especially, and even those younger generations, those digital natives who've been raised on social media. There can be a false reality, and this can lead many talented, empowered women confused when their positive vibes aren't enough to transcend the very real issues they're facing. Very real gender bias and inequity in the workforce, and especially women trying to ascend to those positions of power, pay, and prestige, which have been maldominated. Toxic positivity can harm people who are going through difficult challenges. Rather than being able to share genuine human emotions and gain support or ask for necessary change, people find their feelings dismissed, ignored, or outright invalidated. We are blamed and told that we're having a victim mentality and giving up our power. And the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the very real inequities, biases, and obstacles we face is not empowerment. It's toxic positivity, and it serves to silence women, maintain the status quo, and maintain the existing power structure. It's both manipulative and inauthentic, and in many cases, ineffective, because it's not grounded in our true reality and the real circumstances that we're in and the issues that we're facing. Just like it's not healthy to think overly negative thoughts, exaggeratedly positive thoughts can be equally detrimental. And again, over the past few years, there's been a growing concern around toxic positivity and how it's been exacerbated by social media. And this phenomenon where positivity is used to minimize our experiences and challenges is highly relevant in our discussions of women's advancement journey. Telling women, especially young women entering the workforce, that there's a fair and level playing field is brainwashing and untrue and can lead to women years down the road feeling the blame when they've done all the things, taken all the advice, and still have not advanced at the same rate as their similarly qualified or even in some cases less qualified male counterparts. So if we acknowledge and take heed of the emerging research on toxic positivity and the negative outcomes of what is essentially the overgeneralization of a positive state of mind that encourages using positive thinking to suppress and displace any acknowledgement of stress, negativity, obstacles, biases, and barriers. We can see how problematic it is, largely because of the blame and shame aspects of this way of thinking. Instead of advising women to acknowledge, process, work through, and strategize issues and barriers, we tell women to cling to a false sense that positive thinking will solve our problems. There's this suggestion that things could be worse, so how dare you complain? Things have gotten so much better. Newsflash, we don't want much better. We want equitable and fair. Shaming women for expressing negative emotions or exposing and talking about their negative reality is positioned as lacking gratitude, playing the victim card, and making excuses. Yet the growing body of research shows that the suppression of emotions is not only unhelpful, but also leads to poorer recovery from the negative effects of the emotions, and it can lead to a lot of pain and confusion. Think about it. For women in the workforce, when the promised outcome of that positive empowerment messaging fails to materialize, when we realize that we can't positive mindset away bias barriers in a system that wasn't designed by or for us, too often we are left absorbing the blame. If I had every opportunity and didn't advance, it must be me. And that can have long-term consequences on women's self-esteem and self advocacy And here again with social media, we see it everywhere. Good vibes only. It could be worse. Social media is used by people to find community support, advice, and encouraging and empowering messages. However, We must differentiate between messages that may help uplift and inspire and those that may look positive on the surface, but ultimately promote a false reality in terms of the real challenges and obstacles that are a part of our journey. It's really about suppressing our voice and our experience. The harms of toxic positivity are not limited to how individuals feel. It can also be used as a weapon to uphold oppression and the status quo by Jedi mind-tricking women to ignore the inequity and oppression that is going on and encouraging us to just be positive or to, quote, be grateful for what you have. And that as long as we work hard, we will have as much opportunity to advance as anyone else. And it is especially damaging when toxic positivity intersects with myths of meritocracy in the face of well-researched data that shows very real, very measurable inequities in the workplace, especially in the ascent to those positions of influence, pay, and prestige. And I talk about this a lot in an earlier Advancing Women podcast episode, number 26, titled The Meritocracy Myth. And I'll include a link to that episode in the show notes. But the gist is this. When you tell the workplace that it is fair, that it is a level playing field where talent and hard work will rise to the top, then you end up with a world where top earners and leaders are mostly men. Where in the Fortune 500, there are more men named David than women in CEO roles. What we are really being told is that men have the talent and work the hardest because in a pure meritocracy where the best, brightest, and hardest working make it to the top, when we examine the outcomes, if we buy into this thinking, it suggests that the best, brightest, and hardest working ain't us. So this is where the oppression is perpetuated. It impacts unconscious bias, because when we buy into the premise of meritocracy and the absolute power of positive thinking as the only factors in success, and then we see men advancing at much higher rates than their equally qualified female counterparts, it sends a message that women are not as good, not as capable of leadership. It feeds the patriarchal assumptions about women's lack of competence and suitability for the work. Workplace and especially leadership. And that is so problematic, especially for women who have been sold and bought into this positive toxicity. Because then the blame for the inequity falls squarely on the shoulders of us women. So we get hit twice it's inequitable, and then it's our fault. And unsurprisingly, the research shows this can then lead to lack of confidence, imposter syndrome, and lower self esteem. And none of that is positive. And again, This is painfully exacerbated as a result of social media, which thrives on positivity and toxically optimistic outlooks. Carrera Kernick, a culture director at Fashion Snoops, notes, quote, Instagram's flex culture in which people seek to show their best lives has come to a head with toxic positivity, end quote. Absolutely. Absolutely. Inner peace. You can do it. Stay positive. Slogans and constant reminders of silver linings are not what we need. We need a more fair and equitable workplace, and that will not come by positive thinking it into reality. Being allowed to feel real emotions, to see the reality of our situation, to call out inequities and barriers, that allows us to create coping strategies and, in navigating the workforce, real strategies to transcend and thrive and push for necessary change. There is a better solution. Enter mental contrasting. Mental contrasting is a far more efficacious approach to navigating an unlevel playing field. Mental contrasting is a psychological technique that aims to help you achieve your goals by encouraging you to identify barriers and take the necessary steps to address them rather than optimistically assuming that what you want and even deserve will materialize with positive thinking and hard work alone. This is part of why I created the four-piece advancement model for talented women struggling to transcend and thrive in an inequitable workplace. And I'll include the link to that in the show notes. It can be found on the Advancing Women podcast website. But the idea is that we must acknowledge and address the real problems, the patterns of bias, so that we can implement processes and create proficiencies to not only transcend despite the inequity, but possibly even to thrive perhaps because of the inequities. Because this is also about anti fragility. And anti-fragility is a property of systems in which they increase in capability to thrive as a result of stressors. And that is what often happens and why women are so successful when it comes to skills related to emotional intelligence. It's a function of having to be mindful and adapt and get better in order to be able to navigate the workplace. Author of the New York Times bestselling book, Anti-Fragile, Things That Gain From Disorder, beautifully notes that, quote, wind extinguishes a candle and energizes fire. And we can be extinguished by the wind or we can be energized to thrive. But that can't happen if we are brainwashed into believing that seeing the problems, feeling the inequity, or in any way challenging an unfair status quo is being negative and playing the victim. Mental contrasting, being realistic, and seeing the real obstacles can help lead to anti-fragility, whereas toxic positivity often leads to shame, lower self-efficacy, and confusion. And I was thinking about this a lot over the past week or so. I went last week to see the stadium tour concert. It was Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Poison, Motley Crue, and Def Leppard. And for those of you unfamiliar, Rick Allen, the drummer for Def Leppard, was in a bad car accident in 1984 that took his left arm. And this is terrible for anyone, but it is arguably catastrophic and career-ending for a drummer. But as it turns out, it is a story of perseverance, transcending, and thriving. The thing is, though... That positive outcome, Rick Allen on that stage playing the drums in 2022, isn't just a story of positive thinking and you can do it. It's a prime example of mental contrasting and action. Allen has noted that he's grateful for the tons of letters from fans, sending their support and messages of you can do it, you can come back from this. But he said, quote, I don't think people really understood what I was going through, the level of suffering. I tended to paint a rosy picture and act as if everything was okay. Not too many people know this, but yes, I suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, end quote. So we see the rosy outcome, the one-armed drummer who came back with an album that sold millions of copies. But what we don't always see and hear about is the actions that were needed to make that happen. Alan was positive thinking and optimistic, but that alone didn't get him back on stage and in the recording studio. He had to be realistic about the barriers he was facing, the reality he was facing, if he wanted to overcome them. This is why he plays the drums on a reconfigured drum kit that he designed to help overcome those obstacles. He has said in interviews, quote, I was able to put things on the drum kit in different places. I could put a kick drum where I could play it with my right hand. I could group drums together on my pedals that were arranged to play several different sounds at once. So there were all of these ways to have this hybrid drum kit. It made me think outside the box, not get bogged down in traditional placements of drums, but really be able to push the button. Boundaries, end quote. And I really appreciate how Alan is talking more openly about how hard this was, the pain, the PTSD. I'm sure he was grateful to be alive after such a terrible car accident, but that gratitude doesn't eliminate the pain and the very real loss and the intensive stress and then the challenges that he was facing. And I love this example because it punctuates how we can be positive and optimistic, but there is also tremendous value in being realistic about the obstacles and being allowed to feel what we feel without hearing how grateful we should be. Mental contrasting and understanding the very real limitations to getting back, that is what helped Rick Allen to create solutions to meet his goals to get back to music. In closing, To be clear, I'm not knocking positive thinking, not at all. The key takeaway for this week is not to dismiss positive thinking or to encourage us to cease all positive thinking, but rather to think of mental contrasting as practical positive thinking with a heavy serving of realism. And so my manifest statement is this, positive thinking helps us think about what we want in life. But mental contrasting, seeing the realities and the obstacles, that is part of how we get what we want in life. Or maybe said better, how we get the life we want. Mental contrasting is positive thinking 2.0. It's still thinking about and striving for the positive outcomes we desire, but doing so while acknowledging and planning for the reality, for the obstacles that will arise. Then, when we succeed, we affirm our grit our resilience, and our anti-fragility. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at advancingwomenpodcast. I love getting your feedback. So please email me at Simone at advancingwomenpodcast.com I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior, who wrote the music for this podcast, and a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior, who designed the Advancing Woman podcast logo, and thanks to all of you for joining me here today.